Um, so hi everyone, uh, welcome uh, to this AMA session on uh, six thinking hat for decision making. I'm Madhumita Mantri. I'm a product lead at uh, Startry, which is an upcoming uh, startup in Bay Area in real-time analytics and anomaly detection space. And uh, as you have seen my post, uh, decision making, I always felt it's a daunting task for me and uh, was trying to improve on this. And uh, one of the conversations I was having with Vivek and uh, he mentioned about six thinking hat and I was uh, really curious to how to use it, apply it. So um, I have him today in the speaker uh, stage and I really want uh, the session to be interactive. So if you, any of you have any questions or you want to share your views, you can raise your hand and I can invite you to the stage. So with that, I'll kick off and I'll request Vivek uh, for his in introduction. And uh, Vivek, I would like to hear a couple of things from you. One is uh, your career journey and uh, success recipe for your career success in product and uh, something not on your LinkedIn profile. Thank you so much for that, Madhu. It is so good to see so many familiar faces in the audience. So thank you all for coming and I hope they're able to make this well worth your time. To come back to your question, Madhu, so I'll give you guys a 20,000-foot overview of my background. I... So I was born in Bombay. I spent the first 10 years of my life in Tanzania where my dad was working at the time. Most of my formative years in Bombay where I went to middle school, high school, did my engineering degree. And I came to the US in 2001 to do my master's in computer science. After that, I worked as a software engineer for a couple of years at Microsoft and followed that up with 15 years in product management in various places in various roles. I was at Microsoft first working on Office, then I spent five years at Google working on ads. I went to LinkedIn where I worked on the newsfeed and the homepage, the small startup that LinkedIn acquired. Followed that up with brief stint at Instagram on the growth team. And my last real job was at Amazon where I was working on a product at the intersection of devices and services. Then I took a two-year break. And then in the Feb of this year, I started my latest enterprise. I'm calling it Work Genie. The idea behind Work Genie is pretty simple. It's executive coaching for everybody. So just like Uber sought to be everybody's private driver, I want Work Genie to be everybody's coach. And to answer your second question, Mother, I think the only advice I have to offer is just try to learn try and reflect in equal measure. Life is this continuous experiment where you are learning new things, trying to incorporate those learnings in your daily life, reflecting on what worked, what did not, and adapting. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Vivek, uh, for a very nice intro. And uh, it's so inspiring to hear your career journey. And I've always... Uh, it's been always a pleasure for me um, to chat with you and get your advice and whenever I'm stuck uh, you help me and I take that feedback and reflect I think reflection is a key uh, to learn and apply and 
continuous learning journey is extremely important. So um, I have my first question, so I'll start with that. After that, um, I will let uh, also audience to chime in. So my uh, first question for you is, uh, uh, can you please share uh, some of the challenges you have seen in individuals facing, uh, uh, I mean, challenges facing during the decision making process? Happy to. So when I think about the challenges in decision making, speaking from both personal experience, what I have encountered myself and seen others encounter. The first thing is differentiating. So all of us make several decisions every single day. For example, all of you just made a decision. Should I hop into this session or not? What should I eat? What should I drink? What should my startup work on? Should I hire this person, etc. on and on and on. Now, the thing to realize is that most decisions are A, not very important and B, easily reversible. Recognizing that difference allows you to focus most of your time and attention on those decisions which are A, important and also not reversible. I think the way this is sometimes described is if you think of a decision as the door, most of these decisions are two-way doors. You open the door, you go in. If you don't like what you see over there, you just turn around, open the door and walk out. For example, suppose you decide, hey, should I go to that session or not? You can walk in. If this is interesting, you can stay. Or if it's not that interesting or something else more pressing shows up, you can just leave. Recognizing that most decisions are actually two-way doors allows you to train your focus and attention on the few decisions that really matter. So that I say would, would say would be thing one. Thing two, often it's more important to make a decision or any decision rather than make the right decision. This is especially true in product development. And I'm sure I have fallen prey to it myself many times early on perhaps even occasionally now as well, which is you try to make the perfect decision and so you wait and then you wait and then you wait some more. You need to understand that decision-making is always, most of the time, with imperfect information. And especially if your decision is in category one, i.e. a two-way door, it's better to have a decision or any decision on time rather than the right decision delayed. That would be thing two. Thing three, I would say, and this is where I think while the six hats approach helps with everything, it especially helps with this, is inviting a diversity of opinions and perspectives to the decision-making. For effective decision-making, it's often useful for one person to be the decision owner who takes responsibility for gathering information, making a decision, advertising the decision to everybody concerned. But it's important, especially for high quality, important decisions, to get input from a variety of perspectives. Here, one thing people miss is often people don't want, they're less interested in that things should go their way. They're more interested in at least being heard. 
So even if you take in a variety of perspectives and then you make a decision, explain your rationale behind the decision, even if there might be several people who feel the decision did not go their way, they might still be willing to disagree and commit because they know that you gave them a fair hearing and factored what they had to say into your decision making. So those, I would say, would be three big things that come to mind. This is great. I think uh, what you said, uh, all the uh, think one, think two, think three, it completely resonate uh, with me, uh, the challenges I've faced. I think it is interesting to know that most of the time people do not uh, want their, uh, I mean, whatever they are suggesting to happen rather being heard. Uh, that's something um, I never as much focused on, like although I have exercised that part like collecting everyone's feedback but I did not know that underlying uh, sentiment behind that uh, one question I have follow-up question on that one especially um, what if there are uh, people like you said disagree and commit there might be at times uh, people are not uh, very vocal about uh, their uh, I mean their desire and how to and they still disagree and com commit and that can uh, result in issues later on. And if we run into similar situation, how we can avoid uh, something like that? Okay, so if I understand the question correctly, what you're saying is there might be people who did not voice their opinion at decision-making time, but are nonetheless unhappy with the decision. And this might reflect in the way they play along with it. And how do you avoid such a situation or deal with it should it occur? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So first, it's excellent to realize that, hey, this might happen. One of the things that the six hat techniques allows for and is especially important is for the decision maker to go out of their way to create a safe space where people can express their concerns and this is especially true when there's a decision where let's say the crowd seems to be headed in one direction it takes a reasonable amount of courage for somebody to stand up and say hey yes i know everybody thinks this is a good idea but here are three reasons why it's an extremely poor idea based on context that they alone have and this is where, as a good decision maker, creating a safe space where you invite this kind of dissent, let people know that even though you're leaning in one direction, you're looking for information to disprove your hypothesis. The way this was described at Amazon, the strong opinions weakly held. So you have strong conviction in the direction you are going, but you're acting looking for information to invalidate your hypothesis rather than just looking for supporting information which is what all of us tend to do instinctively oh, that's really great thing that you brought it up like i think default human behavior is you want it to be right and you get validations who are echoing with you rather than uh, really being critic about it so I think, uh, and getting different perspectives, that is super useful. I'll uh, pause for a second and see if from audience, anyone has any questions or uh, they want to chime in with their uh, perspective or uh, things that they would like to share. Uh, 
okay uh, the way you can okay i see one raise hand let's so uh, let me invite oh uh, arvind i saw you raise your hand and you, you also dropped up so i can't invite you unless you raise a hand okay yeah i i um i let you speak i think you have to accept are you seeing allowed to speak if you can't okay great you're on stage unmute yourself and ask your question sorry about that i think i had uh, not enabled my microphone <laughs> this is the first time i'm doing something on my uh, uh, audio here uh, hey, uh, hey vivek hello uh, madhu um for hope you will feel fine um very quick question is um vivek when do you think it would be and not a great idea to overdo this like are there instances are there situations where we should not apply this method are you talking about the six thinking hats in particular yes so good question the the only thing that comes to mind for me is the six thinking hats is a deliberate method applying it takes time and energy and other people's time so mm-hmm. you should only invest that time when the output merits it for example if you're trying hey where should we go for dinner today and you're like hey guys let's all get to a room where these hats in order <laughs> it might be an interesting or entertaining experience once in a while but probably not a good idea as routine so yeah. i think in summary this is a think of it as an investment of time i.e. money so choose wisely because you have a limited amount of time and money got it and if there's a consensus that is a high risk um investment or high risk probability of um you know going through uh decision making of certain projects or um in the work in the work or even personally then it makes sense to think from all angles right uh that makes i sense. think so yeah. i think so i think there are definitely different philosophies here so it's hard for me to say that one is right or wrong but what i can do is share with you my philosophy which is i tend to think that sunlight is the best disinfectant so if there's any disagreement i want to get it on the table at the very beginning rather mm. than let it just fester and sit mm. got it okay okay that and but one last thing is say for example once you have all these perspectives based on succession uh, so based on the six hats thinking um how do you sometimes it's very hard to you get different perspectives right some from your hypothesis you know some things are like going uh with the hypothesis going against the hypothesis so how do you even evaluate which is how do you rank it how do you order it and come to a conclusion okay even though there are six proponents and there is one detractor towards the hypothesis the detraction was much bigger uh and it is much more compelling like is it is there a um, quantitative method to evaluate that do you, do you have you seen it uh have you done it yeah sorry for I'll tell you what and i i i think i understand so tell me if i have this correctly but so I, this this thing which i read about long ago which i've come to see is truer and truer and truer every day which is while we think we use our head to make decisions based 
tested pros and cons and all these analytical models and tools mm. repeated psychological research has shown that no it's the opposite we use our heart to make decisions and then use our head to rationalize the decision that we have already made for example if you look at things like rent versus buy it's very easy for people to make a very compelling case for either side of that based on what data they choose to cherry pick and what assumptions they choose to make mm-hmm. so the reason i bring that up here is i think you need to realize that at the end of the day the, the red hat is probably the most useful to make a decision the other hats set up the stage so that you have all the information which can help inform your intuition and the second thing i would say is remember what i said the very first thing challenges with decision making if this decision is a two way door don't belabor the process of decision making make any decision and have a suitable measure and either persevere or pivot point which is mm-hmm. let's say it's launch a particular product should be or shouldn't be spend some reasonable amount of time making a decision at the end of the day make a decision based on your informed intuition and then just decide that in 3 months if we are not able to meet these kpis then we will reevaluate and if we blow through these kpis we will double down mm. okay so your sunk costs are minimal basically <laughs> yeah okay thanks arvin for and also, yeah sorry the only thing i wanted to say was also remember that sunk cost is already sunk so don't consider it at all only consider the upcoming costs just right. because you have spent 100 hours on the project treat it identically to a new project which you've spent 0 hours on in terms of what you should spend time on now because intuitively sunk cost kicks in and we will tend to think hey, i have put so much effort into this maybe i should just take it over the finish line yeah sometimes that's useful more often that is a folly yeah that's a folly yeah that that's that's always always tend to be in that direction most of the times it worked too that's why i was just like yeah um this is very useful thank you vivek thank you madhu thank you thank you for asking a great question uh, before i take on the next uh, question if from audience if there is any i wanted to quickly ask one question to vivek for the ones who could not attend the session and they'll be probably listening to a version of the replay um in my newsletter so the question is more for uh, people who do not know what uh, six thinking hat is and why it's a great tool uh, for decision making excellent actually let me give you guys a quick 20000 foot view of the thing so all the six thinking hats technique does right is help you think deliberately by dissecting the process so here are the hats and roughly what they mean and since this seems to be largely a tech audience i'll also map it to common roles okay so the red hat is around intuition and feeling what do people feel think about it as a lot of the kind of signal that user research tends to suss out in organizations now the white hat 
is about information. What do we already know? What do we need to know? Where can we find out what we need to know? What are other people's opinions on the topic? Think of it as similar to what a data scientist might do in an organization. Then the yellow hat is all about benefits. Oh, great. How will this make my life better? Or how will it make accomplishing an outcome cheaper or faster? Think of it like the marketing department. Here are the benefits of, say, an approach. The black hat is all about cautions. Think about it as going through the security review. Think of it as doing a pre-mortem. Oh, what if these things break in these predictable ways? How should we approach it? The green hat is all about creative ideas. Think design. Imagine what if, if you had a magic wand and there's one thing you could wish into existence, what would it be? And then finally, the blue hat is around managing the thinking, which is setting the focus and the agenda, ensuring that the rules are observed, summarizing and concluding. Think of it as the TPM hat, making sure that all the cats are herded and we are following a deliberate process. So those are the six hats. And now the only other thing I'll add is in order to make it effective, so first, everybody going in should prepare themselves, i.e. familiarize themselves with what the hats and what they are. Be very disciplined. So the way it breaks up is suppose you had, say, a 45-minute meeting. You might break it into, say, six chunks of eight minutes each. And now in any eight-minute chunk, everybody is wearing the same hat. So you need to keep to the hat. If thinking comes up which is not related to the hat, don't even write it down. You're discarded because what you're training yourself to do here is wear a particular hat at a particular time. So if somebody comes up with a crazy idea and somebody else says, oh, that would never work because X, Y, Z. This is where the blue hat or the moderator steps in and says, excellent, but can we get back to the yellow hat? There will be a time when we can poke holes that will come later when we're wearing the black hat. So discipline. And then participation. For this to really work, it's very, very important that everybody participate. And here's where the blue hatter or the moderator should go out of their way to make sure that people who might feel a little intimidated are also sharing their opinions by creating a safe space. The other beauty of this technique is the reason a lot of people don't express themselves is because they're worried about, hey, what would people think about my idea? Assuring everybody that, for example, the red hat, when you say what you feel, you're not supposed to explain why you feel that way, just what you feel. Because the why you feel that way is the white hat which can come later. So those would be a few tips on that. I would say if you just type in six thinking hats into Google and watch, say, the first YouTube video or read the first article that comes up, you'll get a detailed review of these. And it's fascinating. Just do that and then think about how you can apply to things which you might do. First, easy things and then more complicated things. For example, though I joked at the beginning that, hey, you might not want to use this to pick a restaurant to eat at. In terms of practice, that might be a fun exercise. When you decide where to go out for dinner, let's say, hey, let's apply six thinking hats thinking to this and go about it that way. 
Thank you, Vivek. I think you explained it uh, very beautifully. Uh, it's uh, very interesting to uh, know like how each thinking hats uh, works. And um, I have a quick follow up question. Do you have any like I, I know you said try the simple one and the complex one. It is more for the application side. Among the six thinking hat, if given a situation, is there a priority order I would take and wear the hats accordingly? So often it's good to start with the blue hat. So you set the agenda for the session in terms of, hey, what are we going to accomplish? And then I would say the ordering of the hat depends on the nature of the problem you're trying to solve. Like, let's say you have a project where everybody is super bullish and enthusiastic and thinks that, hey, this is going to take over the world. It might be a good idea to get some black hat thinking in early on where you're forcing people to think about Oh, what could go wrong? Follow that up with some green hat thinking in terms of how might we deal with each of these contingencies. But let's say there was a separate thing where the general atmosphere was, hey, this really isn't going to work and how are we even going to do it? Then starting with yellow hat thinking early on in terms of, hey, here are all the benefits, all the things that could go right might be really, really useful. Similarly, say if you were working on, say, growth marketing at Instagram, starting with the white hat and getting information might be useful in setting context for everybody. I could talk a lot more about this, but yeah, those are some basic things that come to mind. This is helpful. And uh, do you recommend to use red hat uh, only when it is needed or red hat uh, based on the situation, but not cannot be something it's actually the most important hat and an excellent hat to set the stage with after the blue hat in terms of hey here's what we're going to accomplish often an excellent second hat is the red hat where everybody spends under 30 seconds talking about what their current position on the issue at hand is without justifying it and it's often also a great hat to conclude a meeting with to see whether the thinking and the deliberation during the session helped influence people's opinions coming out of it. This is awesome. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Red Hat is very important. It would help at least to understand the intent early on. Hey, Madhu, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Are you not able to hear me? Hello? Are you able to hear me? While Madhu comes back, one follow-up question to Vivek is um, usually we tend to think about, usually there's always, once you get comfortable as a team working together, there's always a group think sometimes. And mm -hmm. we tend to go along with um, easy decision-making because we all agree. Um, right. Is it always a great idea to bring in external parties into that decision making and get their perspective and when is a good time to do that and when do you when do we start realizing that um a group thing is already set into the team excellent and, question yeah excellent question so madhu i saw your whatsapp message we are not able to hear you but also the app shows you as being on mute so that might be a reason why but as you figure that out let me answer arvind's question so arvind so first it's always good to gather new perspectives having said that what the six thinking hats thinking technique allows you to do is explicitly avoid group things for example if everybody is very bullish about this 
say, SpaceX projects and getting somebody to Mars and group thinking is, hey, it's all going to be nice and dandy. The fact that you deliberately need to wear the black hat forces you out of groupthink into the only conversations which are kosher for the next eight minutes are what things should we be cautious about. So it helps you avoid groupthink by making the thinking a very deliberate and disciplined process. That makes sense. So it, it's the culture within the team and outside within the org, it has to be embraced that we should be okay to voice our disagreements in open and um, and not have to have a hundred percent. An excellent thing to an excellent thing to pair with the six hat yeah. thing is radical candor, yeah. which is worth looking up in itself and yeah, another model that right. you should use up and down the org. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Vivek, awesome. are you able to hear Any me? Any other questions? I don't know if I even have the rights to either invite you guys to stage or mute or unmute you. It looks from my best current gathering of the situation that I don't. Madhu, are you back? You're unmuted now. Let's see if we're able to hear you. Vivek, are you able to hear me? I think she's only partly back. We can't quite hear her. Okay. Um, do you have any other questions, Arvind? So it seems like it's only the two of us on stage and neither of us have a way to bring anybody else on stage. I think we're also probably just at time. So if at folks time, want to yeah. move on to more interesting... Yeah, she just messaged me saying she's unable to make her audio work. So if you have any other quest, parting questions, happy to answer them. Otherwise, feel free to reach out to me, guys, on LinkedIn or WhatsApp or however. I'm happy to discuss this more. No, I think this is great. This is a great food for thought for the Friday and rest of the weekend. <laughs> Thank, awesome. you. Thank, you, Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Everyone for, Thank you everyone for joining this and I'm uh, not able to talk so apologize for that. Thanks for joining and making it interactive.